Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we're two anxious counselors who like to talk about ourselves and deeply disturbing things. How are our favorite things out there? I have to say this was one of the most stressful drives to your house in a snowstorm with like bad drivers and snow plows. And I did such a great job driving, though. I'm very proud of myself. I'm glad you made it here. Yes. Uh, I'm sure this is a new kind of canned wine we haven't tried before. Free Seeker, it's called. And she got me a a ugly sweater for my wine can. It's a happy holidays sweater. Well, we don't say that word anymore. Happy holidays. We just say happy. Happy ho day. Just happy tree. Just happy. Just happy. Do you want me to sharpie out the holiday part? It looks really good on the video, that happy. It really does look good. Um, Anyways, uh, coming into your house, though, your outside walkway reminded me of every movie where they're walking on a frozen lake and they're slowly stepping in the snow carefully. And then they hear and the cracking underneath of the oh shit moment. Yeah. Just the realization that this is not stable ground that you've done a bad thing. Yeah. That every step I take could be my last. Yeah. Glad you made it I from did the street to my door. <laughs> that was one of, one of the scariest parts. The other scary part, though, was driving. You have those those streets that um, should fit two cars, but because everyone parks on the side, it only fits one yeah, car. Yeah. And I went down one of those and there was a police car talking to somebody and it was over too far. And then, then there was an anxious moment because I turned to go down that road but a truck was already coming at me. And so I had to do that like embarrassing. I'm going to back up down a road in front of a police officer. But like the truck clearly had been there longer on the road. And I mean, we were just going to stall in the middle in front of the police car, which I don't think he would have appreciated. And I just did like the bowed my head in shame and put my hand up. Like, I'm sorry, backing up. I never back up. Don't back down. They would just run me over or the police officer would be would I would get in trouble. Like, didn't you see the truck half a mile down? No. I deal with these streets all the time. This is how you actually do it. This you fuzzy lip in my mouth. Oh, wait, not fuzzy lip. So say you and another car are both like facing each other at the ends of the streets. Mm -hmm. What you do is you look way ahead on the street and you find a little space where you can swoop your car in and then you can just keep driving and then you spoop over and the other car passes no. you or they swoop and you pass them yes but there wasn't any because everybody's inside right now because there's a winter storm happening and the only open spot was taken by the police <sighs> officer so problems problems may i direct your attention to my new year's eve foot attire <laughs> can you please grab this to show further <laughs> Um, I don't know if our equipment can handle. I'll say we also probably don't the need the, the old mics in the background. Just saying. I don't want our um, equipment to short out because of the bling of these boots. Can you look at these motherfuckers. They are solid rhinestones. Where did you? Who? Who loves you enough to buy? I bought those myself because I love me enough. Dang, they don't even like. There's so much rhinestone so here's the thing <laughs> tell me about these four inch rhinestone shoes <laughs> let me tell you about these so i like if i'm gonna go out on new year's i like to dress fancy right okay fancy schmancy yeah but it's always fucking cold here 
and icy and snow on the road. Yes. So wearing like are a, you trying to tell a me pump or something is totally impractical or you're freezing. That is not practical. This is practical this as fuck. This is not a snow boot. What are you talking this about? This is a snow boot, Macy. Just because it has a heel. It has a chunky heel. You have a one inch, three inch heel. And look at all the warmth. <laughs> Rhinestones. <laughs> There's literally no, no layers. No, this is the perfect solution to all my problems. I can't wait for the next podcast when the story is about how she slipped and fell on her ass and broke every bone <laughs> in her body. Those are great, though. I'm glad that you did something nice for yourself. <laughs> now I need to build an outfit around the boots. The boots are the centerpiece. I could see It that. actually doesn't even matter what else I wear. Yeah. I mean, really, just you in general. We were just talking about her uh, workout level deeply disturbing That's shirt right. just cut yeah. it off mm-hmm. i was like give me that hoodie <laughs> comfort space look i got my hair purple today oh i didn't notice it in the normal light it is mm. very nice in this light though very nice i just showered and came here i don't have anything good for you. fancy about myself at the moment it's good that you did that <laughs> yes <laughs> uh yeah check-ins um i'm going to Colorado on Saturday and there's 112 mile per hour record winds blowing a giant firestorm that sounds burning down 500 homes so that's exciting well I hope people there are safe I mean some are Hmm. some aren't (laughs) yeah well report back yeah hopefully I will hopefully uh yeah so that was my only i guess real solid check-in i saw jizz lane got oh is found guilty on three counts so we'll do an early reveal on my topic okay which is going to be second but because you did epstein oh are you doing just like i'm gonna go into her a bit with with that information okay i will say no more and then some backstory about her because i felt it was kind of warranted to learn more because there is more there so i actually heard her name pronounced for the first time oh yes like it's, it's not jizz lane yes but i feel like it's okay to keep calling her jizz lane i think it's fitting well and that ties in jizz. absolutely with my topic because there's so much that's very hush hush about her life that for being such a socialite to have all the media people mispronouncing her name it's kind of confusing because you would think everyone would know the details about her they actually don't and that's what we'll get into in the second part stay tuned in a minute you get to go first oh all right i did a murder last time and i'm I mean more murder not actually a murder well that we spoke of <laughs> i'm gonna talk about cropsy oh do you know of cropsy no cropsy was a popular New York urban legend, but I'm going to talk about the actual real life cropsy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Get ready. Buckle up. So buckled in. Okay. Andre Rand was the real life cropsy who terrorized Staten Island. Okay. I do need my glasses. (laughs) I tried to take them off at that moment. (laughs) Everything just turned to mush. (laughs) So this was a popular 
story about Cropsey at like kids summer camps. It was like one of those summer camp stories, like freak you out by the campfire. Before you dive in, can I just tell you that my little niece, when I was teaching her snowboarding last weekend, she, she said something like, oh, you're, you're a streamer, aren't you? And I was like, oh yeah, I do podcasts on like creepy topics. And she's like, well, Slender Man is definitely some, somebody that's going to get you. And I was like, why Slender Man? What have you heard about that? And, and she goes, he steals little kids. And I was like, oh, is that something you've heard? And, and she's like, it's just true. And I was like, oh. And it was really interesting to hear it in that generation. She just turned 11. Totally that believing age, that slender. The creepypasta age. Yeah, yeah. So that, very interesting huh. to hear it slip out. So this was a story maybe back further, mm-hmm. like 70s, 80s. Okay. And An it was like that typical story about a quote-unquote maniac who escaped from a mental hospital had a hook for a hand carried an axe would drag kids off into the woods and kill them or eat them or something nefarious so that was the story that kids around that area grew up in grew up with but then in the 70s and 80s several kids really started to disappear from Staten Island that's not good and fact and fiction began to blur. Andre Rand was born Frank Russian in 1944, and I don't know why he changed his name. I actually <laughs> found it very difficult to find any information about him. I have very little info about him. Okay. And I scoured. Sure you did. Scoured the old interwebs. So he worked as an as an orderly at the infamous Willowbrook State School from 1965 to 1966. And that is its own topic in itself, the Willowbrook State School. So this was the school that Geraldo Rivera did the big reveal on. Okay. He snuck in there and Mm -hmm. filmed right from Mm -hmm. inside there, actual footage, you know, before anybody had time to hide things Mm -hmm. or anything. And that really led to things um, starting to get shut down. So Willowbrook was a terrible, terrible, Robert F. Kennedy called it a snake pit back in 1965. And it just took years and years for it to get shut down. In 1972, that's when Geraldo Rivera was given a key by a staff member and snuck in and filmed it. So many of the patients were children. They just lived in filth. It's just so sad. It's so sad to watch the footage. Um, Just neglect, overcrowding, disease, suffering. It was extremely cruel conditions. So our fella worked there for a couple of years. His last name is Russian? Not spelled like Russian, though. Like R-U-S-H-A-N. But it went by Andre Rand. Andre, okay. Here's a picture of picturesque Willowbrook State School back in its heyday. It is very picturesque. Yeah. It's a huge building. It's huge. And it's like brick building. Yeah. Four, five, six stories in places. Mm-hmm. So this place has this horrifying history. And in the 80s, this abandoned school then became a stage for satanic panic stories. Oh. And it was said that Willowbrook was where devil worshipers had black masses and would make altars out of the ruins. What's a panic? What's a panic story? 
You don't know about the satanic panic? Well, okay. I know, like, yes, during that phase, it was a bit before my time. Okay. But is that I'll do a future topic on it. You should. It has nothing to do with this, really. Okay. But I think it would be a good future topic. People were freaking out over dumb things like Aussie. Yeah, I remember the, I mean, not in person, but hearing about records being played backwards. That's all. I was like, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's proof. Proof. Your kids will become devil worshippers. like, how can I get this to say, go to hell (laughs) (laughs) backwards? (laughs) I'm totally doing a topic on that next time. It'll be good. It'll be a good segue. So this is what it looks like now. Just super creepy, oh. abandoned. It reminds me of the quarantine island building. Yes, yeah. like nature starting to take over. There's tons of graffiti everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so back in the 70s and 80s, when real life children started disappearing, some who lived around there wondered if the Cropsey story was real. In July of 1987, a 12-year-old girl named Jennifer Schweiger was reported missing. She had Down syndrome and Andre Rand, this former orderly at Willowbrook was seen walking with little Jennifer prior to her disappearance. And he was identified partly because he had this like green bike with a basket on it that Mm -hmm. he always had. And so somebody saw him walking with the bike and little Jennifer. So when Rand got arrested, and there was footage of him and pictures that went in the media of him coming out of the courtroom, the courthouse, and he's coming down the steps and he's just like drooling and his face looks all, uh. and um, this, the way he looked really did help garner the public's belief that he was guilty. Mm. And he was deemed right away by the press as this outsider, a quote unquote drifter a madman, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, which made it easier for blame to be placed on him. Yeah. Here, I'll scribble a little picture of what it looks like. So was it, do we know? I mean, look at him. Okay. Look at his face, yeah. Look at his face. Yeah. (laughs) He definitely has a face. He does have a face. Is there, are there disabilities of some kind? I couldn't find anything about that i mean and some said maybe he was drooling like that because he worked at willowbrook and he was mimicking some of the kids and adults that lived there hmm. i don't know that's a theory i read okay so he does have real criminal history though so this isn't just out of the blue what's his criminal history let me tell you all right in 1969 he was convicted of sexual abuse of a nine-year-old girl That'll do it. He served 17 months. <laughs> That's all months. you need right there. <laughs> <laughs> he served 17 months. Yeah. Um, and then in 1979, he was accused of raping an adult woman and a 15-year-old girl. Neither of them pressed charges, so Rand just got away with that one. In 1983, this is really weird, he somehow got a school bus. I don't, I don't know how he got that. And he picked up 11 kids. My mom had a school bus for a period of time. So it happens, I guess. I guess it happens. <laughs> I mean, back in my hippie days, I thought that would be pretty sweet to have a school I, bus. I think I've actually known multiple people who've owned school buses. I have not, sadly. Really? Maybe it's coming. Yeah. One day. So we went into like the neighborhood uh, neighborhoods and picked up 11 kids in the school bus from the... It's so bad. That's like the... 
I as a child would have gotten on that school, but a hundred percent would have been. Yes. They would have. It would have been like, get on, you're gonna be late for school, and I would. I'm sorry. Got yeah. on. And then yeah. I mean, what do you do? You get on the school bus. I mean, I, mean, I told you about the joy bus, right? Yeah, no. I got on the joy bus all the no. time. I mean, to this day, I haven't really talked about it with my mom. I'm not sure, like, if she even knew I was on there, what she's sending me on it, what was happening. So this, the joy bus was the school bus. Mm-hmm. It would come into our neighborhood, which was low income yeah. at night, pick up a bunch of kids and take them to like a church event oh. and then bring us back scary. and we'd get like a snack. See, I have, I actually have a deep rooted fear of missing the bus because when I was really, when I was, it's my trauma story, one of, when I was really young, my dad worked night shift at the prisons and he had a friend that would get me up in the mornings to get me ready for school. So there was like a time, either time change. Yes. I think the time like went earlier and the guy woke me up to get ready for school an hour earlier than I normally would have. Um, for whatever reason, I did my little routine that I'm used yeah. to doing by myself. And then I'd go walk down and I sat there waiting for oh, the no. school bus and the school bus never came. And then, and I was like getting kind of freaked out. And one of the neighbors came out and was all worried. And I had nobody there because the house was empty. She called the police <laughs> who called my dad and my dad had to come back. And I was sitting in like the back of the cruiser with the teddy bear crying. And as my dad had to come and like explain the mishap. That you were just out early. You weren't abandoned. Yes. Yes. So I would get on the school. Bus. You would get on it. I got on it. Lots of kids got on it. It was everybody was doing it. Go to school. So, um, so he picked them up like outside the YMCA. He gathered all these kids. And then he drove them around all day long on an adventure. Um, he took them to have <laughs> fast food at White Castle. No. And took them to the airport to watch the planes land. Weird. So he was charged with unlawful imprisonment for this <laughs> and spent 10 months in prison. So wow. he's got a legit criminal history record involving kids. Yeah. Like we can say that's a fact. I mean, honestly, if there wasn't the sexual ones and he just took out the kids, I would say like, is there a developmental issue where he's like socially feels more connected with them and just trying to be nice. But the first one (laughs) ruins anything else at that point of, I don't care what your reasoning is. (laughs) Planes or no planes. White castle or no castle. You need to stay the F away from the children. So when he left his job at Willowbrook, um, he didn't go far. He lived on the grounds in a campsite. What? Like, yeah, wait, like, like he made a like camp. Oh, he made a camp. Yeah. Like the ones we've skated past before. Yes. <laughs> Those kind of camps. Those kind of camps. Yeah. I envision something a little more sophisticated. No, this isn't like <laughs> a set up RV park with mm-hmm. like poo hookups and showers. Oh, no, this isn't that. <laughs> so everybody's searching for little Jennifer Schweiger. And rumors spread that one of Rand's friends was actually moving Jennifer around in this tunnel system beneath Willowbrook. Scary. No. So there's a subterranean world underneath Willowbrook Uh, and people lived in it. uh, People, Mm -hmm. multiple people. So those rumors that maybe she was moving, moved around so that nobody found her. After 35 days of searching. 35 days? 
Aww. A patch of loose ground was located near Willowbrook and little Jennifer was found, her body, unfortunately Aww. deceased, less than 100 yards from Rand's campsite. So Rand immediately is suspected, arrested. Residents were outraged. They wanted justice. Yeah, unfortunately, if you had someone, like just thinking ahead, like, is there anybody that we employ or have nearby that could hurt some children? I hope not. If that, if you, if you answered, well, there's that one guy, <laughs> maybe you could fix that before they steal the children. Yeah. And background checks could yeah. have solved a lot of this. They probably didn't do it back then. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's still like, mm-mm. if they knew if they were like, oh, we need to go ch- check so-and-so. Yeah. We need to go down in the tunnels and see what's going on down there. Yeah, you got they a problem. They should have checked the tunnel 30 days ago, 35 days ago. Oh, so this case girl. relied almost entirely on eyewitness testimony. So there was eyewitnesses of him talking to her. Mm-hmm. And, but there wasn't much about, like, nobody saw him actually hurting her or there was no DNA or anything like that. Okay. Actually, I don't even know if they did DNA back then. I just made that part up. It sounded. But Rand was convicted of kidnapping only, but the the jury couldn't agree on a murder verdict. So that charge was dismissed. Probably because there was other people living in the like cave system too. Like, is it? I think that there just wasn't enough evidence for the murder charge. So that part was dismissed. So they got him on the kidnapping and he was sentenced to 25 years to life. And he would have been eligible for parole in 2008. I mean, but wouldn't he be guilty of having her die while in his kidnapped? Well, there's no evidence, not enough evidence. But, it, but they that. charge him for kidnapping. Kidnapping, yeah. So if, if somebody dies while I have them kidnapped, wouldn't that be my fault? Well, maybe somebody else. But un- under my kidnapping. Under your kidnap care? Yeah. <laughs> if I, if you're... <laughs> If you are watching my child and I pay you money to watch my child like a babysitter, uh-huh. not a rapist, um, uh-huh. and something happens to my child under your care, you would be in trouble at some point. But not, I don't think I'd be in trouble for like murder. I might be like you negligence. Get, yeah, it, but he didn't even get negligence. No, of kid, he just got kidnapping. He didn't get kidnapping plus negligence of his kidnappee he didn't. that caused death. Nope. Like, what was her cause of death, even? I don't know. It was hard she, to find a lot of info You know what? How old was she? 12. They don't just die at 12, so I yeah, hear. Yeah, there was really not... I mean, I really tried to find... <laughs> it was a long time. This is one of those cases that you just find the same regurgitated information over and over, over and, and over and over slightly different things and you don't know which or it's one exactly is the same words site <laughs> after site after site and it was mm-hmm. really tough to actually find source material or yeah, information hard. where it's like telling me something new yeah but i tried this is as good as i could do no, i promise i just want to yell at people <laughs> you go for it <laughs> that's all <laughs> so when Jennifer's body was discovered, though, this sparked renewed interest in the other missing kids that had gone missing before. Yeah, yeah. And the that. police began to look into these other cases on Staten Island, and they focused on four cases that spanned 15 years. Jeez. 
I'm actually going to talk about six other cases um, because I'm thorough, damn it. <laughs> so Thais Jackson was a little 14 year old girl. She had learning disabilities and she disappeared four years earlier in August of 1983. So on that day, her mother Gwendolyn was reportedly taking a nap in the afternoon when another resident of the motel that the where the family was temporarily staying asked Thais to go to the local store to get them a packet of chicken wings. As her mother slept, the young girl went to the Crown supermarket and the last time she was seen was inside the store. And this wasn't anything unusual for Thais. She often ran errands um, in the neighborhood. And however, she never went back to the motel. When her mother woke up at 4.30, she immediately began searching for her daughter. Um, she was concerned because she also had medical issues. She was diagnosed with Bright's disease, which is a kidney disorder and requires medication. She also had asthma, diabetes, mm -hmm. um, and so very concerned. And so Thais's family members were given polygraph tests they passed. And so that was clear. They were cleared early on. And, and Andre Rand, our guy, he came up, his name came up during the investigation. He's not my guy. <laughs> He's not our guy. <laughs> Someone else. And it was guy. speculated that he might've had something to do with it because Thais's older brother saw her talking with someone who um, looked mm -hmm. like him. Like, I think it was like the day before or something. I feel like, like, <laughs> It's almost like she's having to justify why she was worried about her child missing. <laughs> like, I would be worried if my child wasn't there after 10 minutes of when they were supposed to be there, regardless of anything. Well, I mean, it just makes it all she, the more dangerous. Yes, absolutely. she's uh, she was a little black girl. Mm. So maybe there was it felt like there was a need to call out the medical condition so the police would look into it more oh that's a good point yeah yeah i mean it did feel a bit like okay but it's okay to just be worried about your kid yeah i mean in that other case they didn't polygraph the parents right away as far as i learned we're all the family members yeah so i think that you know hmm. this is there's probably some racial aspects to this unfortunately so the other case the police looked into was Hank Gaforia. He was age 22 when he disappeared in 1984, but he was classified as an endangered missing person due to intellectual disabilities. Okay. So yeah, I mean that yeah, the age doesn't isn't necessarily relevant in that case depending on his functioning. I mean, if he went to that school, right? Like they were Oh, he didn't. These people didn't go to the school. Oh, they were okay, they were just it. disappeared just from Staten okay, Island. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. So the police were focusing on like kids but, but still, that had gone missing, but they included Hank. Yeah. They said because he was intellectually about yeah. fifteen. Okay. That makes. I mean, it puts it in that if you were to classify what the type was that he was potentially going for. Yes. Yes. And so he was last seen at the spa lounge in the Port Richmond area of New York City at 4 a.m. on June 9th of 1984. He'd gone out drinking and at first went to a place called Mugs Away, 
but was declined service. He then went to the spa lounge and stayed there till closing time. Why was he declined service? I don't know. Interesting. Maybe he was already drunk or maybe, maybe they didn't serve people with intellectual disabilities there. I'm not sure. But, But we can't confirm that he had that, right? No, it's confirmed that oh, he did this, have Oh, so this is, sorry, This is sorry. a victim. Okay, I thought you were talking about... Andre? Andre. No. Okay. This is a, a victim. This is a okay. person that disappeared. Okay, sorry. So he went to a bar. So he disappeared. Okay. Yeah, so all these are people that have disappeared. None of their bodies have been found. Only little Jennifer's body was found. Really? Yes. Wow. So Hank was never seen again. What? His case remains unsolved to this day. <sighs> Foul play suspected. And then Alice Pereira was a little five-year-old who vanished in 1972, uh, last seen near her family's apartment. She was playing in the lobby with her brother. She vanished at about 3.30 after her brother left her alone for a brief moment. And she may have been sighted shortly after in a park near the apartment building. Um, She's never been heard from again. Her Parents, her mother reported her missing at 6.15 p.m. And uh, Andre Rand is the prime suspect in Alice's case. He worked as a painter in the apartments at the time of Alice's disappearance. So he's around all these My dad always taught me too many coincidences. It's not a coincidence anymore. Words to live by. Right. In 1981, a seven-year-old named Holly Ann Hughes disappeared. Her mother sent her to the deli two blocks away to purchase a bar of ivory soap for 31 cents. And she was last seen buying it. She never returned home, has never been seen again. So Rand did have to return to court to stand trial for Holly Ann Hughes 20 years after she disappeared. Okay. At the time, the original time of Holly's disappearance, he had actually been interviewed and released. Witnesses had seen him talking to Holly on the very day that she disappeared. No. And authorities determined that Andre Rand's aunt lived in the same apartment building where Holly's family resided when she disappeared. So he was there, had reason to be there. Yep, yep, yep. No. (laughs) So those are Released on whose authority? (laughs) Names. (laughs) I want names. I want justice. Those are the five cases covered in most media sources, but I found two other cases linked to Rand that I wanted to shine a light on. Please do. Ethel Louise Atwill, a black female. So I'm thinking maybe that's why Why it wasn't spotlighted, really spotlighted. So she um, was older, I think 46 or so. She was last seen at the Staten Island Developmental Center. Um, formerly called Willowbrook, mm. where she worked as a physical therapy aide. So she was last seen on 1978. Um, she parked behind the building 47 and locked her car. Before she could get from the parking lot into her building, two female employees inside the building heard a male voice outside say, come on, come on. And at will say, no, you'll beat we. Then she screamed. The employees called the police after hearing the screams. The parking lot was still dark. The streetlights were off and it was difficult for them to see anything. Boys go in pairs. 
buddy system. Park, park by a light. When authorities responded, they found Atwell's tan pocketbook, one mm -hmm. earring, one black shoe, struggle, three black coat buttons, mm -hmm. and half her set of dentures scattered on the ground at the wow. left side of her car. So, so she was a real hit. struggle. So there was a struggle, and she was. I mean, she had she to probably been, punch yeah, in yeah, the face, unfortunately. Yeah. Her car was locked. Her keys turned up in the woods about 75 feet away. So she was dragged mm -hmm. into the woods. So the, we know that Rand is living in his campsite around this area. An extensive How search. do they let him stay there? Like flush it, pour water in it like you do with groundhogs. <laughs> Are you talking about flushing out the tunnels? Yeah. <laughs> An extensive search of the area turned up no sign of her. And she's never been seen or heard from again, just like the other Did people. Did they flush the tunnels? No. Then we won't know. I'm thinking a Groundhog's Day situation, like dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite it out. Well, but see, it'll be like Quarantine Island where the water will bring up any bones that are underneath. Like, Yep. A rise to the top. Well, and like what if they called immediate like so they called for help inside right when they heard yes. the screams i mean they said my what i read said an extensive search of the area how extensive was it did, did they any, look in the tunnels yeah and that's my like again i don't know if um this is why i wanted to mention she's a her black case. woman right yes. yeah so i'm wondering too like how extensive was this yep. and and it's frustrating that there isn't more details yes and like every almost every article you'll pull up in your like main searches her name isn't in there it's just those other five people probably i mean what because she's was she didn't fit the i don't know i don't know why honestly like her life is just as valuable yeah, I mean, but she's not like developmentally disabled, but she was a worker. And this there. one actually had witnesses of her being dragged and away, and the I'm others didn't. Like, it's this like, is more of a case than any of those others, well, I yeah, think. Because the other ones, it's like they go missing and then a search happens, but there's no like location. They don't see it happen. They don't know yeah, when, where. Yeah, this is a trail into the woods, 75 feet. Come on, were there dogs used? That's what I'm like. I Bring out the hounds. I call bullshit. I don't think this was. I don't properly think followed up with because we would hear more we'd at least hear like like where's her body it, didn't, it shouldn't be that hard to find when the call's done 15 minutes within no, a 15 minutes. her body was never found this is still unsolved she's never seen from again just like all these other cases they don't just evaporate in 15 minutes they didn't do a good job if we what, ever end up say, on staten island they're like oh it's dark out i guess i'm gonna stop looking can you wait till flight? Would you go into those tunnels? Yes. Especially if it's someone I cared about. If it was even one of my I mean employees. now. Would you go in now? Yes. I, I would maybe in the daytime with a large group of people. I mean, obviously, I mean, I would assume that today that the tunnels have been gone through. I don't know. I saw a recent video of some like kids kind of doing the spooky. Yeah. There's all the YouTubers, the dudes, the bros, the yeah. boom again. They weren't in the tunnels. They were just like going up to the Willowbrook school. Okay. But so it looks like the whole place is kind of a free-for-all. Really? Well, so it's abandoned. Yeah, like a okay. drinking, humping place. Gross. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get killed in the tunnels by people now. I'm, um, I'm sure people still live down there. I mean, I don't know. We're all, all the way on the other side of the country, so 
Somebody over by Staten Island, tell us what's the situation with the tunnels. I mean, are if, they still accessible? Are people living down there? And if we're going to talk about themes across our podcast, one of one of the themes that has come across this is episode one thirty today. Oh my god! I know it's 130. happy one thirty. So across one hundred and thirty episodes, we've what have we learned? We've continued to have a theme of social and racial injustice towards uh people people who of have, color who, yes. people of color who have been murdered or missing yes as far as police investigation and follow through absolutely into those investigations that yes. has been a continuous thread and, and we literally just randomly pick our topics so it's not it, the thread is there it's we real don't, we don't even have to make racism it. is real you know there's <sighs> people out there still that don't think racism is real. I was gonna say, and like these, today in our community, and these aren't excluded to oh, 70 years ago. Like still happening today. That today, that the white woman that went missing with her her boyfriend. Oh yeah, so much media. So attention. much media. I and, I, I just felt like and I mean that will never time, be a topic I cover. Yeah. Like it's been done. And there's like tons of people missing all the time all the time and often are minorities and they don't get that media attention exactly Sorry. i'll stop ranting no i'm on the same rant. i'm on a weird ranty i'm on a, I'm on a say it. yeah it must be this cozy. you want to look at his face again it's this happy cozy it's really empowering you want to look at his face again um He's got a real French fried potatoes kind of look to him. Like he mm-hmm. probably looks like, uh, you know, a relative that would kick you for stepping on their boot. A real get off my lawn kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That upside down. Who would do it where his face kind of frowns down? So one other case. It I'll... takes more muscles to frown, sir, <laughs> than it does to smile. It does. You're working real hard at that base. Uh, so this case actually, to me, didn't really fit kind of the MO. Um, and I actually might do a whole podcast topic just on this because there's so many weird things about this case. Yeah. But just briefly. So she disappeared, not in that area. So that right there is a difference. Um, but it was loosely linked to Rand because she, the day before she disappeared, had visited um, a theater that was near his campsite. So you may have seen her, mm. followed her back. So there's a loose link. Is it, was where she was at a, does he have a car? I'm assuming not. There was stuff I read that he might've had a Volkswagen. And then at some point, maybe he had a van. I mean, Volkswagen. it was all loose. It was loose. I know that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The association with Volkswagens and serial killers. Um, I drive a Volkswagen. What are you trying to say? <laughs> she's so attached to it, too. She literally went out and bought the same exact, not even, she, you no, went it's to the Seattle exact, to no, buy the same farther, exact farther. Car, farther. I went to Bend, Oregon <laughs> to get the same exact car, except different color, but like, exact same year. Like, a proper serial killer would. that's how good this some car emo- is people so did i say her name i want to no, say her name audrey yeah, nuremberg okay I think it's important to say the victim's names more than the mm-hmm. um kidnapper possible accuser killer probable killer dirtbag face killer 
so she was 18 when she disappeared in 1977 and she had a lot of pretty serious mental illness going on um which is why so i kind of want to yeah that part fits um it's just like all kinds of weird stuff so i might do her as like a future topic add it to your list i'm adding it um yeah so she disappeared never seen again i don't believe in lists i I, I like the lists because it makes me feel good in the moment that I don't have to remember, remember it in my conscious memory. The thing is, even if I have a list of things, I'll sit and like look into it for an hour. And if I don't feel it, I don't feel it. And I won't. No, me like, too. I have to feel hour. it. Yeah. So I don't want to. There's list. times I look at the list and then I'm, I'm not feeling it for any of them. And I go find something I, else. I looked into two topics for hours today and then just was like, yeah, but I don't, that doesn't feel like the one. In the night no, and then no. i read about the stuff with what's her face the heart wants like, what it wants like, her does want what it wants that's what selena gomez says anyway and i agree i think she's a splendid gal so as i mentioned the media painted andre rand as a monster a madman a sick sex pervert who preyed on children and vulnerable individuals and then there was these tunnels under the island that were a city under a city that would have been a perfect place to mm. keep activities and people out of sight. Um, so what I could find out about Rand is he seems to kind of fit that profile, narcissistic, antisocial, okay. manipulative, likes to play games, okay. thinks he's smarter than everyone else, mm-hmm. really likes to control the narrative. Classic antisocial. He continues to proclaim his innocence. Okay. So all I could really find about him was when he was 14, his father died. So that's a big loss at a young age, important age. Um, mm-hmm. And his mo- at that time, so when his father died, his mother was institutionalized at Pilgrim State Hospital, which is a mental illness hospital. Which would be another significant loss. Yeah. So oh. mental illness in the family, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He- has some well, genetic stuff. What, sorry, what was the diagnosis? I couldn't find her oh, diagnosis. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean, back then it could have been, you know, she hysteria. was sad her husband died, and like, let's put her away forever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you could guesstimate that with mental health issues that led to hospitalization, that there could have been um, distressful situations for the child to live in. Yes. His sister in a documentary in 2009 said that neither her nor Andre were sexually abused as children. Okay. But how would she know? Honestly, I thought that was a useless statement. I mean, she could speak for herself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's not with him 24 seven, but everybody points to her saying that as, oh, well, he was never sexually abused as a child. So why would he be doing all this stuff? Well, I mean, with anybody, the thing is, is that often comes up with serial killer stories is like, oh, they have to have this trauma history past. But what, what we know about personality disorders is there's part of that, but there's also part that can be genetic and passed on that isn't necessarily environmental. We have nature and nurture. We have the both. The both. Both of the ends. And again, we don't really know all that happened behind closed doors and what sister feels comfortable disclosing. Well, she seemed awful confident. I'm like, you were with them 24-7. Yeah, and most of the time that doesn't happen And maybe it wasn't your parents. Maybe it was the creepy knave, you know? Mm -hmm. Or uncle so-and-so. Come on, people. 
So this was weird though. A priest who briefly housed Andre Rand um, as maybe part of some secret investigation to get information. Okay. He told, he said that Rand told him he took little Jennifer and he's, and this priest said Rand told him he did that because Jennifer had Down syndrome and that Rand felt it was his calling to take these children from their families who in his mind couldn't properly care for them and that this was his way of cleansing the world. Kind of that God complex bit, but or and but I keep kind of and or slashing developmental disorder as well, like or bits of both. <laughs> Because, like, for him to have them trust him so much at that age, like, he probably presents. Are you thinking of a, a mice and men scenario? I mean, Big who George? Is, I'm sorry. My brain uh, with wine is pr- troubling me. My topic on the serial killer, <laughs> Ed Gain. There we go. Uh, it's I'm having some Ed Gain triggers of, like. Where the kids liked him. Kids liked him like socially and he babysat. Um, but like everybody in the town thought that he was like just a nice guy. Um, I did not read anything positive no? about okay. There was nobody saying, gosh, he was just like he had a good rapport. So sweet. But, but we that's... invited him to the birthday party. There was nothing I'm, like but that. But what I'm curious is how did he stay there so long then? Stay where? In his campsite. Like, how did he not get flushed out earlier? as being like a problem i don't know the staten island situation me neither i mean maybe it's like our our camp out by i-90 ignored wait you just yeah it just exists yeah so i mean if nobody's reporting positive things about him because that can make time go by right i couldn't find any positivity about this guy because like ed gain's whole thing was that like these big murders happen and he would get dismissed as as the culprit because well, he's he nice. Was, or innocent. He seems really mm-hmm. innocent. Or he's helpful. He had that good work very, ethic. Yeah, and he cared about kids. And he had his own reasonings, but it was often a very, it was a reaction to something, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. And versus serial killer, which I think, Ed, I mean, Ed Gain would be classified as serial killer, but I neurologically, I think he was developmentally much, much younger Yes. And then past trauma. This guy, uh, there had to have been past trauma. I think there just had to I have mean, been I past think trauma. Just at the surface level, your dad passes away when you're 14. That's a very important but age. Most people. Then your mom. Most people that still wouldn't zipped happen. Away. Still I mean, wouldn't happen. There's a couple things. Then he worked at the hospital. I mean, maybe the hospital Helping itself. People. Yeah, but in, in not very in conditions. poor conditions, maybe that traumatized him. And maybe that gave him this twisted kind of vigilante of... justice logic. And seeing other people, I mean, other people in power and authority abuse. Maybe working neglect. at Willowbrook was why he did that stuff. Yeah, like feeling like it was okay to do. Yes, like he was saving thing. them from that fate. Mm-hmm. But the, these, these people all journals. lived with their families so yeah i mean it was a different situation there's definitely yeah there's the him part there's the environment part it, you're right i mean this is very complex because there's a lot we don't know about his 
upbringing. Yes. That I think that as counselors, we're kind of like, that's what the missing. I know. I want that complete biopsychosocial <laughs> spiritual assessment and I'm not yeah. having it. I know. I, I, it would be like <laughs> the sister walking in being like, don't worry, nothing bad happened when we were growing up. And I'd be like, thanks, darling. Go sit down. <laughs> because neither of us were sexually abused okay but he's being referred because okay family member let me he's been seen talking to all these little kids and then they went missing after yeah again most people don't do this right so in the after the court hearing for holly ann hughes that remember he got re he got put on trial for that 20 years after yeah after they found jennifer's body and they really looked at all these cases then Rand sorry, was, I keep thinking the Nirvana song every time you say that. Say what? Jennifer's body. Is that a Nirvana song? Yeah. Is that about this case? Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe it is. No idea. Off topic. I just. I was off topic. Here's some fairness. weird synchronicity <laughs> that I just experienced. Wine does that. For some reason, I don't even know what we're talking about, but Paul told me like Wine a couple days ago. That that love buzz is a cover song and mm. i was like oh i didn't know that mm. weirdly today when i'm sitting getting my hair done the original came on oh oh I and i was like oh my god this is the original guess what calendar i so i went into fred meyer to buy a gift for one of my employees for their one year anniversary and i saw a calendar hanging up adult of a band <laughs> of a band you mentioned the right. one that all got COVID or like a bunch of oh BTS. Got... I saw a BTS calendar synchronicity, and I looked at, and this was like right after we had the podcast. <laughs> Wait, what? There was like three calendars left on the whole thing because everything's wiped out from uh, Christmas. And synchronicity, and it's it real, right there. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can see the faces that she was talking about now. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Confirmation bias to the max. Um. I like their song Dynamite. I got it on my playlist. I don't even know what I haven't heard it. I'm sure I will now hear Dynamite. Yes. Now that you said it. It's my favorite one out of the I'm going to listen to probably Jennifer's Body on my way back. And now I'm going to look at the lyrics later and see if there's a connection. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fucking weird? It would because they're from Seattle and they're from Staten Island. But maybe. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Kurt Cobain. Um, So... Rand was convicted to an additional 25 years to life for the kidnapping of Holly Ann Hughes. So 50 years altogether for the kidnapping of two girls. He was never convicted of any murder charges. He will be eligible for parole in 1937 when he's like probably going to be dead. 1937? So you said? Yeah. Okay. I think I mean 2037. I don't know. Or 2237. I don't know. What? You're kidding. Using me now. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> oh man, I wrote. I wrote. Twenty thirty-seven. I wrote two thousand one on something. Holy goodness! Well, the good old days. After you realize you survived Y two K. So some people do continue to question whether Andre Rant was committed on some parts fiction. Remember the Cropsy urban legend in this area. Okay. And maybe people's belief in a boogeyman created a real life boogeyman to scapegoat. Okay, but okay, but I do, I mean, here's me stepping back, leaving emotion, 
on the table. I think 50 years to life for two kidnapping charges alone seems excessive. I would say not because you should not kidnap children, especially not twice. <laughs> but I think with I mean, you didn't learn the first time. I think without all the other stuff going around, I mean, I think if somebody kidnapped somebody today, they wouldn't get that much. They wouldn't get 25 years to life for a kidnapping. Well, you said what? Sorry, you said 15 years? 25 years to life for each person. So 50 years total. Got it. Okay. So his whole life in prison. Okay. I think it's excessive, just being I mean, objective. I mean, we've covered other cases. People don't get that much for kidnapping. Well, but each one of the, I agree. I agree with that. People get however, much less for murder. However, it sounds like they had a bunch of cases that they couldn't solve the death part of it. Like, it's not like these people were kidnapped and given back to their families. They've, like So Jennifer, they found a body, but there was no yes. evidence on murder. Okay. All the others, no body. Okay, but that's the thing is it's not like, oh, I kidnapped the child and the police found the child and brought it back. Like, you kidnapped the child and the child died or is gone. I would feel like that is heavier than having the police find it or the child does end up coming back. No, it's, you I mean, You may as absolutely. well have murdered the person's child. They never came home. Yes, I mean, all these families have had no closure because there is no body to bury. And if you there kidnap no... my child and they go and they never come back, 100% I'm blaming you. And I don't I don't care if they got hit by a car. It is your fault, babysitter, that did not do their job. <laughs> That's my stance. All of these cases covered today remain unsolved. Um, to this day, a group Gosh. regularly walk Staten Island looking for bodies in hopes of returning children to their parents. I mean, there must be a cubbyhole or something somewhere. And it's probably in the freaking tunnels. That's why they found her body. Did they look for other bodies? No, they didn't find it in the tunnels. They found Jennifer buried under a, like, just loosely buried on the grounds of Willowbrook. Okay. Shallow grave. Shallow grave style. Okay. So if anyone has information about the disappearance of Thais Jackson, Hank Gaforia, Holly Ann Hughes, Alice Pereira, Ethel Louise Atwell, or Audrey Nuremberg, they're encouraged to call Staten Island authorities by mm. me. I'm encouraging you. And there's pictures of all of them. I'm still pissed about, is that the lady that worked there? Yeah, Louise. Pissed about that. Ethel Louise Literally Atwell. dragged into the woods. Like if a cougar pulled her into the woods, we'd find her body. Like, come on. Well, and the two uh, female employees that like witnessed the whole in. thing and just called. I mean, I would have ran out. I mean, I probably would have also been dragged into the woods. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie because this is a place for truths. We, I, you would have ran out. You would have been the employee in the building that ran out. And I would say, I'm calling 911. I would have locked the door and then called 911, waited for 911 to come up. But to be fair, if I saw someone trying to hurt you, I would run out. That would be my thing. But if you ran out and I couldn't see what happened, like the door, like, I don't know what's going on. But I would I'm glad you. we've we've clarified. I would protect you if I saw something bad happening. Thank you. I would. I would. That's the story of real life Cropsy. Wow. And it's like unresolved. Yeah. It's I mean, unsettling. it doesn't have like a happy it. ending. I don't like it. I mean, and my topic is going to really go to the present. Right now. 
<laughs> but I'm it, here. But it also spans back. I have a maskinet right and here and I hate it. You have a, oh, I hate maskinet. I know I had some right here for my. It. I did, just so you know, I had a Christmas party with my team, like a dinner. And then I did a COVID test just in case. So I tested negative. I am I so not worried about the Omicron. Based on all the current information, if you're vaccinated, it's not a problem that I have from my trusted sources. You're not vaccinated. It's it's the same as the others. No, it's not. I mean, it's like a mild whatever. It's like a cold. Yes, if you're vaccinated. Hospital cases and deaths are not rising like they did with the Delta variant. But they have in people who are vaccinated or or who are unvaccinated. No, they have. Yes, they have. And I've seen articles and I've seen news sources. Well, we can agree to disagree. We can. Okay. I agree with that. But I've been following this since it first came out of South Africa. Me too. I've watched what it's done in South Africa. I'm watching what it's doing in the UK. And the hospitals and deaths just aren't rising exponentially to meet match the level of COVID cases like it did with previous I'm not, I, I would say that the Delta and this combined are creating the increase in hospitalizations. I don't think that deaths have increased. I do think hospitalizations have increased barely. based on what I've seen. Barely. I know, but barely is like a lot of lives in that the hospital. Getting out of the hospital in three days. Some. Some are also going on res- respirators. So. Barely any compared to Delta though. So but, unless new information comes out, I don't give a fuck about Omicron. I don't, I'm not, well, care. I'm the, not concerned. The whole So you can breathe all over me. I'm well, and I'm negative anyways, but my whole thing <laughs> is like, to me, the whole point is to push that getting vaccinated is better than not being vaccinated. Well, having more Period. people vaccinated helps prevent we future variants. We need 70% across the world, which is proving difficult in general so to me like i i understand what you're saying but it's also the like but also what convinces people not to get a vaccination omicron taking over and becoming endemic is going to prevent any more problems with covid according to my resources my reason and i would say that none of them know enough at this point to say anything confidently (laughs) no this is just based on yeah and that's and i think you and i both agree about that is that it's changed every no i I, this is just based on what i know at this moment that could change agreed today i don't care (laughs) so i'm not going to get you sick regardless of any of the variants i love how you say that after we've been sitting for like an hour and a half a foot away from each other but it's because i knew confidently that i wasn't i probably wouldn't have come here today if i had the big group thing in coeur where there's a lot of people unvaccinated there are i had people at my table who were unvaccinated so to me i want you to know just in case that because you have a little one i care about you people i care about you sometimes Hmm. okay so we do want to protect our little people that's true that is true all right so my topic now i can take my glasses off i I love how now i'm bringing sexy back how how fun covid topics get um go for it did you know though that belgium (laughs) this is my out plan by the way belgium has a like for three hundred and fifty thousand euros you can buy buy into something that makes you a citizen there. So then you can have, and you can have dual citizenship in Belgium. So if you did that, you paid your 350,000, then you could be a dual citizen and then you could move to a different country if you wanted to. Is that what you're planning to do? I might. 
<laughs> we'll see how this all goes. I'm curious. I, I watched that new uh, Netflix series, by the way, which is great. What's it called? The Silent Sea, I believe. Oh, somebody, my hairdresser Super just Super good. recommended that to me today. Super good. It's one that like, pay attention to it. You're going to like initially not want to, like it's a little slow start, but then all of a sudden there's like one scene where you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then shit gets interesting. So pay attention. No, she, she recommended that to me today. That's yes, another yeah. moment of synchronicity. Right. Okay. I'm going to talk about jizz lane and that is what I'm going to call it. Good old jizz. Let's hear it. Okay. So first I'm going to go with the stuff that's happening right now. So first of all, a huge victory for many people, many over a hundred accusers who fought for over a decade have Epstein and his co-conspirators face criminal charges. Um, She was brought forward and and was like you mentioned earlier, found guilty. Um, The 60-year-old daughter of a British media tycoon was found guilty of grooming and trafficking girls as young as 14 um, for Jeffrey Epstein, who, as we know, uh, somehow mysteriously died in his cell. Somehow. Somehow. Do you think that something's going to happen with old Jizz? They, and so they have her watched by 10 cameras, two of which are completely motion censored. She's not allowed to be in any corners by herself. She's not allowed to be within uh, two feet of the door. So they are uh, like a hundred percent concerned that something could happen. She's under surveillance a hundred percent of the time. What about when she like, I mean, now she's gone away. Do you think they'll still care that much? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, just especially because of what Epstein happened and what I'm going to share a little bit about backstory, I think it'll become more relevant too. So do you know much about her otherwise? The, me neither. So this was an interesting dive for me. Um, so their aim during the courtroom uh, show was really to have, to create this connection of as a partner in crime instead of a, she kind of posed herself as I didn't know what was happening in the house. But their their point was that she was a sexual predator and she uh, they really focused on four main victims experiences. One of those began with 11 words that sounded really like the start of a children's book. I want to tell you about a young girl named Jane. But for these women, it wasn't a storybook, it was a nightmare. And so with Jane, she testified that Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein approached her when she was 14 years old at a summer's art camp in 1994. Over the next two years, she said she was abused about every other week with Maxwell, sometimes taking part, or sorry, with Maxwell also taking part, commas are important. This was one of her key exchanges with the prosecutors. So they asked, what was Maxwell's demeanor like during these incidents? She said, I would say that it seemed very casual, like it was very normal. Like it was not a big deal question. And when she behaved like that, how did that make you feel? She said, well, it made me feel confused because it did not feel normal to me. I'd never seen anything like this or felt anything like this. And it was very embarrassing. You know, it's all these mixed emotions. When you're 14, you have no idea what's going on. Classic grooming. Mm Mm-hmm. So the other accusers had similar stories to share. One of the most heart-wrenching testimonies came from Carolyn, who testified under her first name. Uh, The woman was visibly, you know, had trauma in her years. There was a past addiction. She disclosed painkillers, cocaine, 
Um, she had been raped by her grandfather at age four, dropped out of school in seventh grade, neglected by her mother. So it's just a horrendous past. And she told the court is one of Epstein's most out. She was one of Epstein's most outspoken accusers, um, saying that at 14, she was told that she could make extra money by massaging a wealthy friend of hers. Uh, mm. Maxwell said that she had a wealthy friend. So Carolyn met Gislaine Maxwell when she showed up at Epstein's mansion in 2001. Maxwell, she said, told Virginia to take her upstairs to the massage room and show her what to do. Prosecutors told jurors that by this time period, Maxwell had devised a pyramid scheme of abuse that no longer required her to personally find young girls herself. Instead, she would pay other vulnerable girls to find girls for her Uh. by giving them extra cash. Carolyn was paid hundreds of dollars to massage Epstein on each of the over a hundred counters until she became quote too old. How old is too old? Uh, that's a good question, but that was 2001. She was 14. Mm. Um, I don't know when it ended actually, but she did it over a hundred times. I don't know, but she, um, from what I heard, Epstein had three massages a day. And, um- when we're saying massages, these are massages with quotations around. <laughs> these we're are talking wiener massages. These are these are gross man massages. These are penile placement massages. Okay. Yes, thank you. So <laughs> she also brought three other friends to Epstein. Carolyn said Maxwell once told her she had a great body for Epstein and his friends, and uh, before touching her breasts, Maxwell herself. The teenage girl often became, uh, went from troubled homes, their families face things like bankruptcy, substance use, previous sexual assault. So they're obviously targeting girls who have trauma or low income or different things that they could target them and offer money, basically. Which So girls that were, it's more difficult to Vul- say no. Yeah, vulnerable. Um, even when they didn't, Giswell Maxwell and Epstein lured them in with friendship, gifts, promises to help their careers or to pay for school. So that grooming process, like you mentioned, was really part of the, the whole entire thing. She then, the whole ruse of massages is what got them there to start getting kind of normalizing touch. Yeah. So they use the word massage a lot because I think that's how they lured them in initially. Like you just have to give a massage and then Maxwell would show them how to do that. So it would normalize touch, um, especially for these girls who are like 14, who may never have done something like that. Mm -hmm. You have an older person walking you through that. And this is all at that Petto Mm -hmm. Island, right? Yes. So, I mean, once you've flown on a helicopter there, you don't feel like you probably have yeah, you're trapped. the right to you to say no. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Who's going to help you? Absolutely. So the two other accusers in the indictment were at or over the age of consent in the places that the abuse took place. And therefore the judge rules that those sex, sex acts weren't illegal, um, but still same circumstances. Uh, there were other ones who reported the same type of grooming acts Um, And really all of them said that Maxwell was extremely engaged and was part of that process of getting them there, telling them what to do and making sure that they were doing what, what uh, Epstein wanted. So what is her motivation? We'll get there. Okay. 
because that's a good question i'm curious and that's what kind of led me to the next part is okay well what why like this isn't again like what we just talked about a normal thing that people do right why so before we get there though let's just kind of um talk about her appearance in court she was very nonchalant very like her socialite self in the courtroom even when the court the judge talked to her directly she's like I don't have anything to say because you haven't provided enough evidence against me so she feels like she's untouchable yes um again I don't think we talk about even so she didn't murder anybody but she has harmed people Yeah, psychologically psychologically and I think physically that, that that takes a certain mindset of um psychopathy of like I mean honestly she meets a lot of uh sociopath tendencies along with that and that we don't see that as often in women to know what that might look like as frequently as we've seen it in males I think we've covered a couple there's been a couple partner killing situations yeah and that it's always tough to understand Mm-hmm. the motivation behind that like are you just going along with it because you want that person to love you or are you actually fully in with it yeah and that's i mean her stance wasn't even that she was just going along because she cared about him her stance was that she had no idea that it was happening no idea what was happening that the abuse to the girls was happening oh the abuse where she was standing right there and helping yeah, with? and had people reporting that it was happening okay. so she just denied that altogether which to me is so much more she's smart she knows what she's doing she's being intentional and she's being strategic she doesn't want to incriminate herself exactly so this kind of steely defiance that she had was best captured when the judge had asked her for more information if she needed to defend herself and she just said no need there wasn't enough evidence. So really there was, and there was a lot of people speaking out against her and she did end up getting uh, called guilty. So how many people spoke out against her? Um, there was over a hundred uh, wow. people that came out. So the in- entire foundation of the prosecution's case rested on the four accusers credibility. So the specific four people that were in court, um, it is because of their testimony was so convincing to jurors that that is why she was convicted. Legal experts said attacking the women's memories and motives didn't actually help the defendant. It actually worked against her a bit. Um, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell had the disadvantage of having to explain this parade of young girls coming in and out of the home underneath her supervision of, okay, well, if you're not, if you didn't know know about it why did you allow it to happen why were these girls coming in and out she just claimed that she didn't know any of it and that made jurors conclude that she was a liar right like you just don't not know right and there's too much evidence that she was aware of it Mm -hmm. so they actually brought out in court the folding massage table that was used to really try to like plant the the picture picture for the jurors of what happened here um and it was the green massage table (laughs) that was the court drawing of it um that they put out that just lying right there yeah right there yeah um and they they testified as well there's also a box of sex toys that was near it um and and they had someone explain that a hard drive that was recovered during um during a separate raid by the FBI of Epstein's mansion contained emails sent by Ghislaine 
to a staff member in which she complains that the house manager did not tidy up Epstein's massage creams. So she knew enough, (laughs) at least. I mean, she can't deny that she sent the emails. So (laughs) that led the police. This is such a blatant abuse of power. Right? That led the police to Mr. Alessi, I may be saying that wrong, Alessi, who provided some of the most damning and X-rated corroborative testimony on the whole trial. Reporters covering the case had to write down notes quickly as new revelations were coming out about in the household during the court trial. He told the court that Epstein would have three massages a day. And when Mr. Alessi would clean up after, he would put the sex toys back where they belonged in a basket in Ghislaine Maxwell's closet off the master bedroom that she shared with Epstein. So they slept in the same bed they together. They slept in the same bed together. So this is a part they I kept need, the sex toys in the closet. I in need their more closet. information about their relationship. As so they're sleeping together. Together. So probably having sex together. Probably having sex together. Or else why are you in the same bed? Right. So Mr. Oh. Leslie said that Epstein or Maxwell would sometimes direct him to contact or pick up young women for massages. Are they using these girls as foreplay because they're Isn't old? Isn't that disgusting? He recalled seeing two underage girls, she's throwing things, 14 or 15 years old, Jane and Virginia Roberts. The house rules included a 50, there was house rules, by the way. Oh, let's house hear the rules, house rules. Right? Well, I don't have all of them. It was 59 pages. A man- oh, shit. A manual. Mr. Alessi said he told staff to be deaf, dumb, and blind and forbade them from making eye contact with Epstein. Well, not even getting into the ableist nature of that. Right? What the hell? So and- it's a basically a big NDA. <laughs> Yeah, there was a culture of silence. Um, it was designed that way and it was it was endured that way. Um, so he could commit horrendous crimes against young women. Police raids of Epstein's home also produced intimate photos showing the duo's jet setting, which is lifestyle, close connection. And one, there's she had like her feet kicked up, or he had his feet kicked up in her cleavage. Like they were intimate. And there was enough pictures to show that they were intimate. The And the wealth that they showed and all these, like, they're so wealthy. They didn't mind showing What's that What's her off. job? I mean, we'll other than sex trafficker? She technically comes from a family of money. And that's going to come into play here. Because when we talk about family history and how that plays a role in how people act, yes. I think we're going to get a little deeper. So several witnesses, including four women, recalled how the duo would name drop friends and like, so like Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, they would show mm-hmm. photos. It was like a big Remember, It makes me really think of, um, gosh, I forget her name. She's forgettable. The person who faked being rich. You did that topic. I know. Yeah. Um, but she really wasn't. Or she just faked being a socialite and ran up credit cards, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, scam people out of money yeah, for it, investments. It reminds me that she, but she, she had some money coming in from old family money, but not that much. Like one hundred and five thousand a year was set for her. Oh, but she's living in like a two grand a month apartment. Otherwise, so like, the, but the lifestyle she was living was not within that. So it shows that Epstein was like putting supporting her lifestyle into that yeah so there's kind of this almost um fakeness and uh one 
one celebrity mentioned that when he met her, it did feel really like she was trying to be over-pleasing, which most people who are very self-confident in their position aren't because they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. And she had that kind of like, oh, I'm going to be very interested in you until I see someone else that I need to be very interested in about. That was kind of her personality. Ew. Yeah. Right. Pretty gross. So the guilty verdict was very meaningful to sexual abuse victims everywhere uh, because this is blatant, again, abuse of power, like you mentioned. And the fact that it was done, I mean, I don't know how it didn't come out before this, honestly. Like, how are there people, housekeepers, even doing these things and allowing without reporting? You have to fly in. Like, so many people are involved in just that aspect of flight to an island. Right. Like, so there's so much hush-hushness that makes this so not okay. You should not get to do that no matter how much money you have. Okay, so let's talk about... Money by silence, unfortunately. It does. Who is Gislaine? Tell me. Who is she? Let's talk about her a bit. She was born on Christmas Day, 1961. Christmas birthday. So she just had a birthday. Right. Three days How's late. How's that feel in prison, Jiz? <laughs> <laughs> Three days later, a car carrying this... Sorry, I'm laughing at this part. This part's not funny. Three days later, a car carrying her 15-year-old brother, Michael, crashed um, along a foggy Oxfordshire road. Michael Maxwell had spent the remaining seven years of his life in a coma. Mm. So early loss of her brother um, in a coma. Although she had been born into a lot of material abundance. So her father was actually a, a publishing tycoon, Robert Maxwell. So they had a lot of money, but from a lot of early reports, there was a lot of emotional neglect um, in the okay. family. Um, even her f- father had emotional neglect in his raising. So some generational mm-hmm. caregiving issues. Yes. Betty, her mother, later admitted in her memoir that after Michael's accident, the baby was hardly given a glance, was her quote. Oh, was it like a nanny situation? Because mm-hmm. I think once he's in a coma, they just stopped caring is what it sounds like mm. one day in 1965 according to betty three-year-old just lane maxwell stood in front of her and declared mummy i exist oh so how's she gonna get seen mm-hmm. betty, oh, does she have daddy issues betty also believed the toddler developed anorexia a toddler oh again showing some obvious attachment issues happening To compensate from this point, both parents went to the opposite extreme and began lavishing her with stuff. Oh, that's the best solution. Solution, Giving her stuff. Um, I just want to show you a photo real quick. Uh, The family, that's her. They're the littlest. They look like they have money. They do. (laughs) So, And she looks like the center of attention. Yes. Um, But apparently that only happened after she started not eating. And so there was some sort of physical and probably behavioral issues that happened. So you get attention for having problems. Yes, exactly. And though she was never. um, So her father was physically abusive to everybody in the family. However, she was noted as the favorite. Betty would later write in her 1994 memoir that the favorite daughter became, quote, spoiled and the only one of my children I can truly say that about. 
And she's the youngest, which again, there's other adult daughter or not adult, (laughs) older daughters that could have had an heir to that position, but didn't. Now a New York court, so convincing, or sorry, uh, a New York court convicted her of those crimes. Um, They're not excusable. And she really, from her backstory, is difficult to understand because her her adult life has really been very secretive. So she has that public presentation of who she is at parties and who she is for this and what Mm -hmm. she needs. Um, didn't carry many female friends unless it meant that it had a male attached to it for some reason hmm. or other, which I thought was interesting. Did she see females as threats? Possibly, yeah. So Maxwell was raised in Headington Hill Hall, which was a huge mansion. So she grew up in a very nice lifestyle. Um, and her dad actually was able to get like the rent covered for him. So she got to live rent-free for a very long time. And through her childhood, she, you know, got to meet politicians, celebrities, had media attention, um, all because her dad had this publishing thing. Uh, Even though emotionally in the household, um, there was abuse and Mm -hmm. there was a weird attachment thing of giving her a lot of things and spoiling her after that period, but still having abuse in the household. So he actually had, her dad came from extreme poverty, um, in a Shiva, this is a very hard, say that word for me. Uh, Thank you. Jewish settlement. Most of his family was murdered in the Holocaust. So Um, she was a Jew. Yes. To become a British Army War hero. So he kind of went that route and then um, went to publishing. So that was kind of his backstory. I just dread it when Jews come up in big crime stories. Same with Asians. I'm yeah, like, please, like when I hear of something stop. terrible happen, I'm like, please don't be one of my own. I know. So he, as a businessman, he was really like, again, as men, men are, you know, Wednesday, as men are, like really was given a, I will given a lot of uh applause for being a bully in the industry but like for men that's an okay thing to do um and he was considered really a draconian father uh, that abused his children both physically and verbally um at the dinner table the children were often interrogated on their like geopolitical perspectives or their plans on the future and would be brought to the point of tears um, if they didn't have answers that were satisfactory. <laughs> Sorry, there was a, a wine refill. Um, so like they would drill them. And if he, if the children didn't have the right answers to questions or the right plans for the future, he would interrogate them to the point of tears. Mm. Um, he would beat the boys and the girls with a belt. Um Ghislaine was the favorite, but she wasn't immune to that. So she did experience the physical abuse. So it's a high pressure household. Very high pressure. She was always trying to please her father. Uh, Many of her siblings either withdrew or rebelled from that, but she really kind of went into trying to please. Well, this makes more sense now. Right? 
got this daddy issues need to please and mm-hmm. this is how you please the creeper it gets even more interesting so she in 2000 she told um, a newspaper that he was an inspiring parent and dedicated herself to keeping him happy and it must have worked he actually named his private yacht that's a good wine i like that it's good it's local um, so he actually named his wine or oh gosh, sorry. I hope he didn't name Tangent. his wine jizz. No. no. I would not drink that. No. He named his private yacht the Lady Jizz Lane rather than after Betty, his wife, or his three older daughters. So her sucking up paid off. What is her appeal though? Well, super funny. Well, the thing is, no, the thing is, is that he was super demanding and most of his children went away from him for that. And so instead she went in to try to appease him and that made him happy and that got the attention. She's a suck up brown noser. And still got beat. (laughs) Still. Evidently, he had grand hopes for this youngest daughter. He apparently harbored ambitions of marrying her off to the late John F. Kennedy Jr., So, like, he had plans for her. Hmm. She was educated at Marlborough College at Oxford University, where she studied modern history and languages. Okay. Uh, She was... Seems like something rich people study. Yeah. In Oxford, uh, Anna Pasternak was quoted as saying, it was very clear to me, even as an undergrad, that she was interested in power and money. So she was one of those people, she said that at parties who always looked over your shoulder to see if there was somebody more powerful or more interesting while she was air kissing you. Hmm. I would not have been friends with her. No, I feel like I've met people like that where I'm like, really, you're going to sit and talk to me and I can tell you don't even want to be here. (laughs) Just go away. Just go away. Uh, Rachel's really good. Yes. Rachel Johnson, the UK prime minister's sister. Um, recently praised, uh, recently, no, just kidding. That's the wine. Recently raised eyebrows when she recalled spotting Ghislaine across a junior common room as a shiny glamazon with naughty eyes holding court astride a table, a high heeled boot resting on my brother Boris's thigh. Oh, yeah. So I she, would not describe her as a glamazon. Glamazon, right? Well, but that, I mean, all of this is ringing so true when I'm thinking back to that case of the socialite who's like, I'm gonna, I'm going to be what you think I you need to, to be. You have to stir up attention in a crowd. Yeah, because who is she really? She's the daughter of someone right. important. She's yeah. not important. You're not important. Unless she's, you know, the <laughs> heir not. to this she's... great fortune, but still it's not your accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's just money that you're going to get. So... She did found a kind of private members club exclusively for women. Pasternak attended on a few occasions. And while the idea seemed innovative at the time, she really considered Maxwell like an unlikely feminist champion. Like, why are you this person championing this? Hmm. You don't act like a feminist in any way. Yeah. If you hate women, you ain't a feminist. (laughs) Yes. And she stated, my recollection is that she was kind of breezily charming to other women, but I don't remember her being close with any woman. I think that women weren't really important to her, only as a means to get to another powerful man. And she ain't that cute. No, there's a, a photo of her right there. Yeah, yeah. In January 1991, 
after her father acquired the struggling New York Daily News. She was dispatched to the headquarters as a representative. It was her point of entry into the social scene. So this was like her big debut. She's being launched. Okay. So that was January, November. Her father vanishes from the deck of the Lady Ghislaine. What? Off the Canary Islands. And his body was later found floating in the sea. Oh, shit. Right? Was he killed? Is it murder? Was it pirating on the high seas? Ghislaine was flew straight to Las Palmas, where the yacht had been taken. By every count, she was inconsolable at loss. Obviously, the day after his death, she was supposed to deliver an emotional speech to all the people there. I um, mean, that's actually the photo of her with her dad there. Okay. Okay. I guess that so, explains the puffy eyes. Yes. Soon enough, though, it actually came out that Robert Maxwell had raided the Mirror Group's pension fund of $583 million as part of a scheme to artificially inflate the company's share price at the expense of 32,000 of its employees. Was he marked by his business associates? So now the Maxwell family and the British government were left to pick up the pieces that later eventually paid off over a $132 million bailout to those people. In June 1992, two of Robert's son, Ian and Kevin, were arrested and charged with fraud, and they were eventually acquitted in 1996. So her father was guilty in the most obvious way. Um, she still continued to defend him. She was uh, quoted as saying he wasn't a crook, she told Vanity Fair in 1992. I am not a crook. She said, a thief to me is somebody who steals money. Do I think what my father, do I think that my father did that? No. I don't know what he did. Obviously, something happened. Did he put it in his own pocket? Did he run off with the money? No. And that's my definition of a crook. So, like, if you... Well, okay. way to be concrete, Ghislaine. Right? So, the rest of her siblings accepted his death was either, was either an accident or suicide. His youngest daughter insisted he must have been murdered. Mm, I'm kind of thinking the Merc. Despite her protests, the fallout from the mirror pension scandal made the UK a less than welcoming place for her. So she really um, wasn't welcome there and ended up going to New York on a $4,000 one-way Concord ticket. Went back to New York. So dad dies. Okay. And that was like her one person that she was striving for attention for. Okay. So you got to find a substitute. It's like when you quit smoking and you start sucking on those Tootsie Roll Pops. <laughs> what? Like you can't stop? Well, like, you like gotta, you? you know, switch in one oral fix for another. Okay. I got it. Okay. So. <laughs> Macy probably never smoked. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it made it a really awkward transition. I had a, I had a um, real, real bad <laughs> habit in eighth grade. <laughs> Love the, them cloves. So. There's this guy in 2005 called Harry Mound. He... What? That is not a real name. <laughs> That's why your transition made it weird. Harry Mound? <laughs> Mount. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was 33. Middle name Bush. That's not true. <laughs> okay. He was 33. He was appointed the Daily Telegraph's New York correspondent, but he didn't know many people. So a friend asked me if he wanted to go along to a Ghislaine Maxwell party. 
he jumped at the chance. He had heard about her because he is, she was friends with Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Pope John Paul. So she gets all these names attached to her, but it's only because of her dad. And that's how you circle people in, though. Yes, because then they're like, oh, like, she I don't want to be a part of that party. Right. So like, yeah. what? They're there. So he arrived at her five-story mansion at the Upper East Side, and he was astonished when she bounded towards him and asked him tons of questions. He recalled her listening intensely um, as though he was the most fascinating person in the world. There's no reason, he said, why she should be particularly friendly to me. Um, She could have frozen me out while being perfectly polite. He said that there was this, like, charm that did feel like a troubled childhood, of like over attachment. Are we you know talking that, about that, disorganized attachment? Doesn't it kind of feel a mm. bit like I love everybody? Him. Yeah. And nobody. And, no, and yet nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So she apparently had been reportedly left a $106,000 year income from the trust fund, which for such a big mogul but however again how much money did he lose by stripping people of their well maybe that was purposeful that he didn't want Mm -hmm. his kids to not work it should have occurred to him he later reflected that this amount wouldn't have been nearly enough to pay for the house that she lived in no right can't support your lavish lifestyle again this is 2005 so years later prosecutors would suggest that this property was actually funded at this time by epstein so he had come in at some point. How? Wait, this did I miss something? When did he yes. come in? Yes. So, but that's the whole thing. Was it's it like, when I was getting wine? No. There's a lot of, again, a lot of mystery around what actually was happening in her life in the backstory, aside from what she was presenting to the public. So we don't know how they connected. No. And that's what, what? I think is really interesting, right? What? Um, so it was really a weird, like, things didn't connect or make sense. There's a picture of Epstein and her together with him, like, or Ew. her kissing his cheek, right? I think they were both wearing white like that. Is it Shabbat? Yeah. Now that I know that she's a Jew, I, my whole take on this story has changed. <laughs> so once they did find a connection with Epstein. But bacon. Bed sheets bacon? I bet she eats bacon. Oh, you bet she eats bacon, not bed sheets bacon. <laughs> or she has bed sheets bed made sheets of bacon. Made of bacon. Okay, so in <laughs> 2005, the parents, okay, so let's start to get to where some trouble starts happening. So in okay. 2005, the parents of a 14 year old girl told police that Epstein had molested their daughter. Mm, this again trouble. is the year that she is like going independent and all of a sudden having these parties and blah 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 um and has a house that can't be afforded so a bunch of shit already happened behind the scene yes there's things we don't know about that you can make assumptions yes sick assumptions sick assumptions and three years later he received an 18 month prison sentence which i didn't even know about about for what for epstein for the molestation of a 14 year old girl did i talk about that in my thing I don't think it was highlighted because I think they were so focused on the current charges. After his release, the allegations against him got bigger. He was accused of running a vast network of girls for sex. So I think that's what people focus on now is that the network, not the original criminal history is important to cover. Mm -hmm. He was then arrested in 2019 on the charges of sex trafficking and then died in the prison cell just over a month later. Died. Died. Somehow. Somehow died. So I have to take a drink of it. It's really good. This is a Huckleberry. It looks cider. good. So I wanted to try it. 
It's local yummy. made. It's called One Tree. It's really delicious. I recommend this. Quite. Okay. Like her father, Epstein was enormously wealthy from humble origins. So they both had a similar backstory. In his case, a working class neighborhood in Brooklyn is where he came from. And also like... Her- is he a Jew as well? Oh, I don't know that. I can't say that. I mean, the last name is Iffy. Maybe. Oh, is it Epstein? Epstein. <laughs> There's the difference. I don't know. I, don't I want to speak to her. I have no idea. Um, also, God, also- it's just a couple of fucking right? freaky, creepy Jews. Uh- <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I would just like to say this is from one Jew to another <laughs> over there. I'm not saying this. Um <laughs> drinking from the bottle (laughs) um in this case it's because i've already poured out half the bottle for you you're making this impossible you have to share it with me i'm doing my topic you have a whole thing i tested negative we already had our argument no but i have okay i split it all right you don't need to give me back your half you made it sound like you didn't have enough (laughs) Oh my god, now you're making me so long. Okay, you, you're lush, we know it. He, so am I. He, okay, this is our night. We can do what we want. I don't have to work tomorrow. So. Me neither, actually. It's great. Okay, so her dad, Tanya, sorry, her dad eventually also disgraced and died of an apparent suicide in disputed circumstances. Very what? similar, right? Like her dad, dad, like very similar if you look at how his dad also died no 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 blank your mind okay blank slate okay epstein yes came from very humble origins got very wealthy okay her dad humble origins very wealthy okay both died under mysterious circumstances involving money death possible suicide okay okay got it okay <laughs> um just like Maxwell's relationship with Epstein was the problem is we both had a long topic today, which means that it's going on far longer than we can. Uh okay. There are relations- I'm in this. I'm, I'm good. still in. I was I'm so in. I'm the, in. I learned Nancy. so much about this that I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the headlines don't give enough story. That's here. why headlines are BS. Right? Huh. She could, okay, so both of them too, like it was mutually beneficial. She could introduce Epstein to her wealthy and powerful friends and he turned that into capital. So like he had the financing, the business to make that into money and to turn it into profit. So she was the person that would lure people in. Yes, which then, you know, ties into luring in young girls for him. So her initial role for him of luring in socialites. Business associates. So that kind of makes sense to me of the transition point. Um, She returned to New York in the wake of her father's death. It was reported that she was working in real estate at the time and living. And the need to please. Right. I'm imagining Mm -hmm. like, so they're hooking up. He's yes. getting bored. She's like, fuck, I got to keep him on the hook. Yes. He's expressed an interest in young girls, maybe through fantasy talk mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. weird and, and deep imagine web porn. She, and then she supplies him. And now she ha- is his hookup. And keep in mind, too. So just because so her dad left her the hundred and two thousand whatever a year. That's like not that much spread out over a month compared to what she was getting when he was alive. She's made herself indispensable to indispensable to him. Keep going. 
I don't know why I feel like I have to keep making these. I like the these, hands. These summaries. You did the Italian hands. I'm doing like Italian summaries, and there's no reason for no, it. No, it was great. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Gave me time to figure out where I was at. So honestly, the relationship details are difficult to find, um, and often are like third-party reports. When it began, how it lasted, how it would be even characterized, is honestly kind of confusing. Uh, four charges in Maxwell's trial related to the period between 1994 and 1997, when the indictment stated that she was among Epstein's closest associates and also in, quote, intimate relationship with him. By the 2000s, she was linked with another businessman as well, Ted White, but it appeared that she carried on the work for Epstein at the same time. So by the time the 2003, there was a profile done on Epstein at uh, described Maxwell as his best friend, and journalist Vicky Ward noted that his life appeared to be organized by her. Mm. There was intimate photos of them that showed that they remained close, so she was very involved in his life. I think she placed herself in, in that position. In his life, yes. I agree. I think it was very intentional. Very intentional. Everything I've learned about her up to this point is she places herself in a place where she doesn't get hurt by being too close. You get burned sometimes, but at least you don't get kicked away from a fire. Mm. Do you like my description? Wow. Yeah, that was real visual. Great. Uh, <laughs> court documents from employees at the Epstein Mansion also described her as the house manager who supervised staff, looking after finances and acting as a social coordinator. I mean, she's like a professional bitch. That's her job right. title yeah it's probably she, on her business card yeah i'm the bitch jislaine maxwell professional bitch of all sorts a housekeeper testified that maxwell and gave creepy sex trafficker of so, minors so one housekeeper actually testified that it was maxwell who gave that 50 page 58 page instruction manual to them and to speak only when spoken to all that stuff um when speaking with epstein so it came from her to do that so she's like the lead bitch yeah I would Lead love bitch. to get my hands on that. Write the 58-page manual. I'm going to read it. Read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be able to get some tips. So really it's, I mean, she sat and pleased her bullying father and then sat and pleased bullying It Epstein. worked for her. It worked. It got her unhealthy attachment needs met. Yeah. I mean, it's just getting the needs met. Mm-hmm. How you do it is less important. I mean, somewhat important, but <laughs> I'm speaking in a vast like <laughs> yes. mental health way. So part of what the, the court had to look at was the closeness of the relationship. And if there was a pattern of abuse uh, for grooming for the victims. So they, she was found guilty of five of six accounts, including the most serious charge that, which was sex trafficking minor. Ghislaine controlled the girls and, um, she would be the one getting all the girls in check, knowing what Jeffrey liked and making sure that it was really kind of a joint effort of making sure that they were ready for him. I read one headline that she like bought their clothes. So they'd look mm-hmm. like little school girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, to me, it was like that whole, when you talked about like giving, she didn't have to be the ones to get the girls herself, but she'd pay people too. So she was the, like, I know so many organizations that have that coordinator person, right? Like for general business purposes, 
he was her coordinator of illegal sexual crime. In the months following Epstein's death, Maxmo Maxwell Max, 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 we can call her Maxwell Maxwell Gislaine <gasps> Maxwell. That's right. I mean, once she's been convicted of sex trafficking minors, yeah, it's okay if so we call her that. After he died, she was actually hard to find. Like finding where she was at became scattered. And- she was missing for yes. fucking ever, like a year. Yes, right? yes. And then what the fuck. Then there was finally a photo. Where was she? There was a photo of her outside of an LA branch in that. an Out Burger. I saw that photo. <laughs> right? It was like, where? Why? Why? And where are you? It was like posted by like one of those like gossip things. Like, yes. And she was there in 2020. She was arrested in a secluded mansion in New York, in New Hampshire. That's where she was. Who was she hiding out with? It was, I don't know. It was a secluded mansion. It was her secluded mansion. Oh, so again, money that she had that she doesn't actually have. Was she there the whole time? I don't know. I don't know if she's there. Because if they couldn't find her in her own secluded mansion, this is another. Okay. Can I tell you this, though? There's another <laughs> twist. Okay. Here's the twist. So a few months later, after July 2020, it was found out that she was actually married. She married a tech CEO named Scott Borgens. Well, she was married the whole time? Well, she had married him. Um, so she she was married this whole time and still doing the Epstein stuff. Wait, when did she get married? I don't know. What's up with Scott? She had married him, I think in that time period. Well, what's he which, doing? What's which kind of, if you think about it, so this guy who died, like your dad died and you immediately found someone else to fill that role. She now found someone with money, a tech CEO and married him. Only a few months later. Is he creepy? I mean. I mean, like what? There has to be some. What's the attraction? That's his face. Money. Power. Oh. Money, probably. Is that his face? I, I actually don't know. They don't have it labeled, so I don't want to say that's his face. But it that might be. Looks like David Cross a little bit. <laughs> so she was held at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn while she waited her trial um, in a six foot by nine foot concrete cell with a concrete bed she was under 24 hour around the clock surveillance like i mentioned before she was saying that it was on the border of being um torture oh man um <laughs> i mean she was like surrounded by material riches her whole life and was able to get what she wanted her whole life and even in court wouldn't even admit that she had done anything wrong that you don't have anything against me so yeah, she felt tortured. I'm really curious to see what happens to her. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm curious what's going because didn't we call the Epstein thing before it happened? We did. No, we had it the was podcast. really weird. Like we, we posted our podcast simultaneously at the moment. I know, but we that do the our, news broke that but we do our himself. podcast the week prior, so we yes. had talked about it no it was a whole week a before a whole week before and then we posted it and it happened like right at that moment and we even talked and it about it made me feel kind of disturbed i'm like oh my god did we cause this i know because we talked I about felt like, a little bit like are we culpable because we were like are people gonna murder him you know will he commit suicide yes. we talked about that yes it's weird <sighs> i know uh okay so you can't understand what happened with epstein without understanding a relationship with her father 
The truth is that Ghislaine learned to service her father and then learned to wait, service. Wait, 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 wait. Service. And then learned to service a second monster. Wait, service to me as sexual wording, That wording is not mine. <laughs> However, I do think it might still apply. Do you think there was. If you think about incest? it, okay, why would. Why would the youngest daughter, who is the most pleasing, get all this attention over the eldest daughters who get pushed away for their rebellion? Probably because they said it wasn't okay or acted like things weren't okay. I don't know. I'm possible. Also, I mean, the babies mom, do get mom, more attention. Mom was, but she didn't initially. She literally was an anorexic toddler. So it's not like she was just given attention by being the youngest. I don't know. She, hmm. I don't know either. Was sure. how was Epstein older than her by a lot? I think he was older. I don't know by how much. She was, I think, sixty when that happened. I don't know how old. He I was. think he. I don't know. I don't want to guess, but I think he was probably know. in the seventies. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there's no statements of that, but there's already physical abuse. There's a weird attachment thing that's happening. And then that weird attachment things happens with men across her life that is crossing into sexual territory. So to me, it would be there a are red, some signs. It would be a red flag for me to look into more. Um, but that's all we know. So she was just convicted today. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yep. be keeping my eyes out to see mm-hmm. if there's any news. I mean, if there is a big conspiracy, well, and that's the thing, and she is has that, the ability to release names of higher power people. The thing is that, like, there's so little known about her actually as a person. It's only what she has presented to people, and everything else is really like not reported, not talked about. It's that hush lifestyle of you don't talk about this. So I don't know if her being convicted will have more people come out and be willing to talk about what happened or, you know, working for her or those sorts sorts of things. I mean, I feel like more will come out Hmm. Interesting. when more people feel safe enough to, because I think that there's a big concern for safety of like, will I be okay if I share what happens? Yeah. Wow. I'm thanks for doing the story because yeah. I was hoping some one of us would. <laughs> well, I knew like because I kept hearing your name. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's shitty that she was part of it, but it did feel like there was more. And there is more. And I'm I'm curious how it plays out as well. I am too. We'll find out. All right. We've took enough of your time, everybody. Until next time. Uh if you live on Staten Islands, investigate those tunnels. Mm-hmm. Did I say islands like plural? Yeah, Staten know. Island. So the, the, the one, the one island, the one island. No, it's your and turn. And it's my turn. <laughs> and until next time. <laughs> until next time. Counselors are available twenty four seven. Please look up for your local crisis hotline. And if you ever feel like abusing a child, don't, don't, for God's sake. Wait, this brings me back to one of our first episodes, which was don't stab, don't stab, and don't, don't molest, stab, don't, don't molest, sexually abuse, don't sexually abuse, don't murder, don't murder, don't do it. You the know, things. even if you All feel yourself things. in a weird attachment thing, like maybe don't, just still don't, just still don't. Until next time, don't. just don't.